The Fields Auto Group proudly presents Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks, J.P. Shadrick, John Osher, and NFL Network analyst and former Jaguar Bucky Brooks bring you the latest on your Jacksonville Jaguars. We're not done. We're going to continue to work to build this team and make it as, as, as potent as we can going into the regular season. Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks starts right now. Welcome into the Huddle Up Podcast. Today is Wednesday, May 24th. J.P. Shadrick, NFL Network Analyst Bucky Brooks, Jaguars.com Senior Writer John Osher. Give us a listen on the podcast page at Jaguars.com or the official Jaguars Podcast Network. That's on iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you download your pods. Bucky is in person this week. Must be some high-level meetings going on. High-level meetings, but no. You know, I had to come in. Like, I give uh, J.O. a tough time about OTA, so I wanted to make sure that uh, I lead by example. And so come in, see, do the work, take notes. It's a voluntary make sure, period. Make sure so what's going on. But look, it's tells look, you a lot. look, all ball is football. And so now we got the helmets on. It's more like real ball. We get a chance to see guys run around. And begin to like, you know, see who's hot, who's not, all that other stuff. I'll tell you what, anytime you come, you can have my spot. <laughs> <How about that? laughs> that's, Jeez. That's a, but on campus for uh, on on uh, broadcasting, getting ready for next year, right? So you'll be back with us again. Yeah, like on, on campus, like we're getting ready for preseason TV, doing all the other stuff. But really, it was about coming to watch practice, man. Talking about practice. Talking about practice. practice. Not a game. I want to see. I want to see my guy. Not a game. That's right. Practice. I want to see Kelvin Ridley and all the crew, and just I just want to see the bells and whistles. I miss that. You know, if you're gonna sit over here and speculate about the offense being able to put thirty plus on everybody, you want to see if it looks like what you're saying, and it does. All right. Let's uh, start with the offense today. Then we'll hear from Press Taylor, offensive coordinator. They've got an offensive base established now going into the year two of the scheme. The biggest thing is they're not hearing something for the first time. So now we, we install something or talk about a concept or get into detail. The questions they're asking are much further beyond what they were asking last year. It kind of gets into specifics of the defense is this, now we do that. And you have a little bit deeper level of conversation from that, especially with the quarterbacks, which is always the, the goal to be on the same page with those guys. So it's, it's been fun to see all our guys take the next step in the system. All right, we've had limited time seeing this team. They've only been in phase three for two days as we record this on Wednesday. So I don't know if you can see too much of that so far, but what can you see in the little time you've seen, Bucky? Well, Bucky can ever, evidently Bucky can see it because he's here for practice. How good is this offense, Buck, or how good can it be? The offense can be really good. Like, and I know this is hype season where everyone is a hype bunny. We're, we're talking about these guys and everyone gets excited about it, but uh, it's real when you talk about the potential of this offense. Trevor Lawrence looks great. He looks great because he's very comfortable in the offense. Doug Peterson is kind of like step back. He's kind of hanging in the back and just kind of overseeing the entire operation. But you can tell that this offense is operating at a high level. And when you throw in Calvin Ridley, who kind of goes in and out the lineup when it comes to practice because I'm talking to Doug Peterson, he talked about you got to kind of protect him against himself because he works so hard. Calvin Ridley, Christian Kirk, being able to put Zay Jones in. Evan Ingram isn't here, but you've seen Brandon Strange jump jump in. And you can just see what this offense could be. Travis Yentian looks good. And I'll say, man, Bigsby, Tari Bigsby, like, he looks the part. He's big. He, look, he looks the part. He looks like a lean, mean fighting machine. He looks mm-hmm. the part. And so when you have so many different pieces, uh, we saw Doug Peterson kind of get in his bag when it came to his creativity and his play calling. He has more at his disposal, so it should be a lot of fun to watch this offense go to work. 
you guys know how optimistic I am about just life in general. Everything, well, really, um, everything. You know, the glass is always full. Not even halfway. Not even half full. All the way, but, to, the all way to the top. It's uh, overflowing. Most if times. if you look at this even objectively, even taking my cynicism out of it, um, this is a perfect storm offensively. Meaning you've got that year two element, which mm-hmm. I believe is the biggest factor for this offense, even if you were adding nothing uh, for any offense. But then you have Doug Peterson and Press Taylor, that dynamic, and Mike McCoy all all coming back. And you've got Doug, who is a, is a high-level play caller. That's the fire. And then you throw, you know, I'm going to say it's never happened. But you've got that dynamic of an offense that was already top 10 coming back and you feel like this young quarterback is going to get better. And then you pop a potential all-pro mm-hmm. receiver onto it. Um, I'm not going to say it's never happened, but that's rare. I mean, that's that sort of perfect storm coming in is rare. And, uh, you know, I'm with Bucky. I, I think you're sitting on an offense that um, – I don't want to say you're disappointed if they, don't, if they don't get 30 a game, if they're not in that realm. Uh but getting that puts this team in last weekend of conference playoff mm. uh, consideration and gives them a shot. And I, as much as I'm always couching comments this time of year, I oh, don't I, really see why you can't get I hear, there. I hear you saying he's over there being modest. Hey, we going. We're well, going. that's what I mean. We're going deep. We're going far. Like, like the elements. Jay, are there. He doesn't. He doesn't want to say that. But you're going deep when you just look at offensively the firepower and the personnel that you have. You have a big-time quarterback. You have weapons galore where you can make it really, really difficult for the defense to match up. Uh, you have an offensive line that is still a work in progress, but you can see the improvement. Antoine Harrison should come in and and play right away. If he plays well, then you can kick Walk. Look, we've seen Walk Little kind of move around and do some different things. And so when Cam Robinson gets back and you have your full complement of guys up front, could be a very, very solid offensive line. Etienne and some of your other guys being able to run – the football, you can control the pace with your offense, and your offense can be your best defense. Uh, the defense will be the question mark. Can this defense play well enough to close out games? And normally, to play at a championship level, you need an A-plus quarterback and you need A-level pass rushers, meaning plural, because you got to be able to close out the game on defense, being able to sack the quarterback. So the question will be the defense. But offensively, everything is there for this team to emerge like Cincinnati emerged as a Super Bowl team, to do what Kansas City has done, being an offensive-led team that has gone to the Super Bowl. And so when those expectations are out there, I think you can embrace it because, yes, this team is on the verge of being one of those teams that we talked about in the Final Four. All right, there have been five, and we've talked about this on this show, this podcast, other shows throughout the offseason. There have been five NFL teams that have put together three receivers of 1,000 yards, only two of those have that plus a thousand yard rusher. This could be another one. We've talked about it all off season. I asked Christian Kirk about that idea earlier this week. You know, we know we have the potential to be a really good group, and you know, I know from all of us, we have that chip on our shoulder to be respected as you know one of the better you know trios in the league. And so, uh, you know, we're just going to come out here. We got a chip on our shoulder, and you know, it'll, in, in September, we'll be able to show that. So that's Christian Kirk, full conversation coming up on Jaguars.com a little later this week. Uh, you know, they've got different skill set guys. That they've got receivers that they can move all over the formation. As you said, Bucky, they've got the running game to go with that. By the way, the only two with three receivers over 1,000 and a running back over 1,000, 95 Falcons and the 2004 Colts. 
Ooh. ever. League Ooh. history. That's a if, lot. Now, bonus points, you can name all the players. All the players? So, um, what, what, what year are the Colts? Uh, 2004. Um, Reggie. Uh, Tony uh, Gonzalez, too, right? No. Anthony no. Gonzalez. He didn't get 1,000 no. yards. Uh, uh, that was the year that Peyton went for 49. It was, it was uh, Reggie Wayne, Harrison, Brandon Stokely, and Edwin Cur- James. There you Brandon go. Brandon Stokely. Nice. Edwin James. And then the Falcons, what year was that? That was 95. Oh, the Falcons? Mm-hmm. Uh, that would be – oh, that was us. That would, that would be Haynes. Oh, the receivers on that team. Uh, was Ryzen there then? Ryzen nope. wasn't there then. No, that was uh, um, Emmanuel. Was Birdie Emmanuel. Yep. Correct. Or Emmanuel. Uh, is that Pritchard or Metcalf? Metcalf is correct. Yeah. Terrence Mathis is the other receiver. Yeah. Oh, T-Man. And then the running back, Craig Hayward. Yeah, he, yeah, he busted my lip. I knew, That's my leg. I got a split in my lip. I right knew. Here. Yeah. Right here in the stadium. <laughs> Last game to get into the playoffs. He busted my lip. I, look, I made his kids apologize. Yeah. I made I made uh, Cam Hayward and Gunnar Hayward. I made him apologize yeah. for the dad busting and, my lip. And that was the last time he tried to do that. <laughs> you know, busting my lip. Yeah. I came on a blitz and they handed the ball off. He wasn't supposed to get the ball. It's an improvement. Yeah. Yeah. I almost think this offense might have a piece or two too many to get 3,000-yard receivers, meaning – you might see the ball spread a little bit more. So I don't know if maybe Zay Jones or Evan Ingram, who I think would be the guys to get that third spot. I think Christian really have a real shot at it. Uh, you might see their yards split and then both get to the 800 range. But this offense is capable of that, without question. Um, now, it's hard. I mean, it's, it, it's hard getting that third guy there. Stokely that year was the third guy in Indy. And uh, needed big games late to get there because it's a that's a lot of yards for three. You know, all of a sudden the quarterback usually has to be in that forty three, forty four because other guys get the ball as well. And then uh, I think Edgerin that year had like fifteen hundred yards. That was yeah, you know, and game flow is part of it too. I mean, if you're up by three, four touchdowns, you're not going to be throwing the ball much anymore. And no, who says you're gonna run the ball? No, right? no, 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 no. You're trying to bust the clock. Uh-huh. Like I, I think you, break those you, scoreboards. Yeah, no, I think you just go. You do what you do. I mean, there's some people that are unapologetic about how they play when it comes to that. I think we've seen the Falcons Doug, were that in the Super Bowl no, too, right? That worked I don't out. think I don't think Doug dials it back <laughs> nah. when it comes to offensive yeah. stuff. We've seen games in in the bank where he didn't. Hey man, it seems like we should be running the ball to run the clock out, and the ball is still going in the air. Right. So a lot of it depends on the efficiency of the quarterback. But I would not expect a a big dial back if you have an opportunity to go up on people. Hmm. No, it's it's uh, especially in this day and age where the passing percentages are and should be so high. Sixty uh, forty pass. If you're throwing the right passes, yeah. most coaches, you know, it's especially Doug, yeah. attitude uh, would be his, his percentages of, of running clock over the course of the season, throwing that way. Uh, you're going to get first downs to keep the ball in your possession that negate some of the times that you don't get it by running. So, mm-hmm. I, Bubble screens, and we've seen like, – yeah. we've, we've lived on wide receiver screens. High and percentage stuff. throw stuff. Yeah, balls right. come out quick. Yeah. Uh, get it to your playmakers on the perimeter. Play a game of two-on-two, three-on-three, as opposed to 11-on-11 when it comes to the running game. So I wouldn't expect to see him kind of dial it back. A lot of it depends on the catch efficiency um, and if Trevor's being accurate throwing it. But if they're, if they're in rhythm, he's going to keep throwing it. How did Trevor look to you Monday? I know, I know it's just this, no uh, 
Um, but he uh, looked so much better than he did a year ago. It, it just, I would say calm is the best way to describe it. Like, when you watch him, and a lot of times when you look at quarterbacks, uh, their feet are connected to their eyes. And so if their uh, feet are quiet and their eyes are solid, you know that they're going to have completions. It's not a lot of chaos that they display. And he wasn't herky-jerky. He was on point. He was on rhythm. You can just tell he has a great feel for uh, what he's doing. I think the bigger thing, though, is the addition of Calvin Ridley and what Calvin Ridley creates. There were two times, two, that first practice, there were two plays near the end of practice where Calvin Ridley gets wide open, one on a dig route, a square, and when he comes over, open over the middle, he's wide open. He catches the back end of the football, which is just a testament to his hand-eye coordination. But another, he throws a deep out, and Calvin Ridley kind of stutter steps and creates significant separation. The ball is thrown behind him, and just, I mean, without a lot of effort, he just – easily pulls it in, spins up the field, and goes. Those are the kind of things that you will see from Calvin. And so when we talk about resetting the pecking order, there's a difference in what I would say good and great. Christian Kirk is really good. Calvin Ridley has a chance to be great. And so when you put those things in line, Christian Kirk and Zay Jones may see their numbers pop, explode, because now defensively you legitimately have to pay attention to Calvin really as a number one. And I can't say that's something that we've really seen here in a long time. Oh, it's a true one It's uh, since Jimmy. You know, I mean, and, I, and I know Allen Robinson had a Pro Bowl year, but I'm talking about someone where right. if you don't put special attention, you can mark in the book he's going to finish with 100 yards. Right. And so that's what he does. And so if they don't roll the coverage or find a way to bracket him, he can do that. And then that will create opportunities for the other guys to go. All right, Jimmy Smith was a player that if you didn't cover him, he beat you. Um, and you lost the game. And Calvin Ridley is really the first guy since then. Looks like he can be that guy. Blackman could have been that guy. Oh, yeah, Blackman but could have been better than all of them. But we know what happened, so yeah. unfortunately. Yes. There's no better time to become a Daily's Place Blue member than right now. Reserve your 2023 premium seat membership or individual luxury experience today. Email ticketing at boldevents.com or call 904-633-2000. In a moment, a defensive mindset from safety Rayshon Jenkins. That's next on the Huddle Up! Podcast. Welcome back to the Huddle Up! Podcast. And the Jags are excited to take the field this fall. We want you here for all the action. For as low as 57 bucks per game, you can join the ranks of the most dedicated fans by becoming a Jaguars season ticket member. Find your perfect seats at jaguars.com slash tickets or call 904-633-2000. Single game tickets on sale now as well. Let's move to defense. You know, there's not a lot of new personnel. A lot of this personnel is back from last season. So they didn't really go make an early splash in the draft, obviously. They've added a couple things in, in free agency, but not true frontline starting 11 guys uh, they'll rotate in and, and some things mm-hmm. like that but for the most part it's a defense that knows that what they had out there last year is what's going out there this year and they have to improve moving ahead and safety Ray Sean Jenkins knows it takes work we saw just the potential that our team had and uh, you know that small little bit of success that we were able to have and I feel like guys are just just more hungry for that it's just a good goal to chase you know that, that Super Bowl you know everybody wants a Super Bowl but 
the work starts now. Uh, you got to put in the work now, and it doesn't come come easy. We got a saying: work to win. You know, uh, you're not just gonna step out there and and, and, and win. You got to work for it right now. John uh, Bucky, we've talked about this a lot. I mean, this is they, they've spent draft equity, they've spent free agency dollars on the defense over the last couple years. At some point, it has to produce, right, Bucky? I mean, that, it's up to the production of the players and the improvement year over year, and that's what they're banking on, I think, this year. Yeah, they certainly are banking on the improvement of the, of the players. Uh, second year in Mike Caldwell's scheme, so you're hoping that he improves as a play caller, understanding how to match the schemes with the personnel that he has. Uh, you, you also have to make sure that you play defense that matches the vision of how the head coach wants to play the entire game. This is complimentary ball. The offense matches the defense with the special teams. And so if we're talking about the offense being a high-end offense, well, maybe the defense doesn't have to be a shutdown defense, meaning that you don't need the defense to uh, hold everyone under 17 points and go all out and blitz and stop the run and do all those other things. Maybe it's, hey, defensively, let's make the opponent die a slow death, meaning keep the ball in front, contain everything, make them have – 10, 12, 14 play drives and see if they can score that way on us and we'll play for the turnover because we know offensively we're going to put up points. The other part to that is we can play maybe a little bend but don't break because we're up, they're going to chase points and so now our pass rush is able to get home. And so the big key to that is can you rush the passer and the other thing is can you keep the ball from flying over top of the defense? So does that mean more zone? Is that man but we play it better? A lot of it depends on the personnel, and that's what they'll do trying try to sort out doing OTAs. Yeah, we're going to find out a lot in, in uh, camp and preseason how they're going to try to range the front seven. Rayshon Jenkins, to me, defined this defense last year. Uh, I don't think he's a Pro Bowl guy, uh, but I think he is a guy who stays in the game on every play and believes greatly in himself. And as a result... Uh, even in games where the defense wasn't necessarily great, I'm thinking Dallas, mm-hmm. overall defense wasn't great that day. But Rayshon came up with two huge plays that tipped the game in the Jaguars' favor, uh, plays at big moments. Uh, if this defense had a strength last year, that was it. It was fourth in the league in turnovers. Rayshon sort of defined that. And uh, back to what Bucky said, when you draft two players, one in 27 in 2022, uh, you expect them to be, especially with their front seven players, you expect them to be the reason you're good defensively the following year. Not 23, not, not 22 necessarily, but, but by 23. So if you're going to be a draft and develop team, I, I've said it a million mm-hmm. times this offseason, if you're going to be a draft and develop team, first round picks in their second season need to be why you're a good team. And that's on Trayvon and Devin this year. It is on Trayvon and Devin. And what I will say, without giving away any trade tickets, I don't want the coaches to be mad at me. You can see that they're trying to do some different things to um, extenuate what they have from a personnel standpoint. You can see that they're trying to simplify and make things easy so you don't see a lot of mental mistakes or some of the things that plagued the team early last year. Uh, and so as they simplify and try and make it where the defense, you hear them talk about play fast. We want to play fast. We want to make sure we're, we're, we're free and flowing and going to the ball and doing those things. What well, to do that, you can't have a guy thinking. And so you can just tell and watch in practice. They're trying to simplify some of the things so guys know exactly what they're doing. And so over time, they'll be able to play faster because they're reacting, not thinking about what's about to happen. Josh Allen in this conversation too, obviously. Fifth year, 
contract year. It's time. I mean, the, here, here's the thing. But I mean, we could talk about hey, we need passers with this. What we certainly can't say is that they haven't tried to invest in the position. Absolutely. And so when you think about the the first round picks that have been. Uh, allocated to that spot. You can go Kalevon Chase and mm-hmm. Josh Allen, Trayvon Walker. I mean, even Devin Lloyd to that end. I mean, the, you talk about four four guys that you've invested in. At some point, those guys have to play up to their draft status. And um, that's not putting extra pressure on them. That's just what it is. Those are facts. When you're a first-round pick, you're expected to play at a certain level. Taven Bryan was a first-round pick, too, by the way, but he's long gone. Yeah, yeah it's, yeah, it's- Six seasons, ago, but ago. in that five-season range, yep. like exactly right. You've got four first-round picks invested in your front seven. It's time. I mean, it, it has to be like so we can because we were talking about some of the conversation would be well, who can they get off the streets? I mean, the answer should come from within the locker room. The guys that are already there, guys that are always on the roster. Yes, maybe you bring in uh, a vet to uh, enhance that or add to that, supplement that, but. One of those guys that we talked about has to step up. Josh Allen, Trayvon Walker, Devin Lloyd, somebody has to step up. And in a perfect world, you need to have two double-digit sack artists. And so who are going to be the guys that can get sacks when we need them? I mean, I'm could, curious. I don't think the book's closed on Josh Allen yet, no. meaning I'm not talking mm-hmm. about his future. I'm not talking about the, uh, the contract. But this will be the first time. I, I'm assuming they're going to be good offensively. Uh, last year they were good offensively, but – if you if you remember the end of that season, this team went nine and eight, and five of their wins. I, I'm counting mm-hmm. one of the playoff games too. Uh, they had to come from behind by ten points down mm-hmm. in in uh, in five of their ten wins. Well, being down double digits is not necessarily a recipe for pass rushing. No. So if this offense is better, if you're playing with leads. It realistically will be the first time that anybody on this defense, the pass rushers, has played a lot in that situation. Uh, I it felt to me last couple of years like Josh was close a lot. His his stat pressures sort of line up with that. Certainly down the stretch last season. Yeah, so uh, I like the kid a lot. I think everybody who knows him likes him, and they're pulling for him. He, he's a guy that you want. So maybe I'm a little jaded by that. But I'm not so sure that he still can't be at least a really, really good pass rusher. Well, we're about to find out. Well, in a few months at least. Maybe not right now. OTAs are underway. One more this week. Three more next week. Four the week after that, maybe. And then the veteran minicamp the week after that. That's the schedule ahead. And it's John's favorite time of the year. It's, it's, it tops Christmas, I think. And that's hard to do with John. I love Christmas, but I, I, I love me some unpadded work. <laughs> I really, I mean, it's, it's, it's good stuff. And, uh, again, I'd be, I'd be really surprised if there's very many veterans here for that last one. But uh, it'll be a big week for the rookies. Bucky, good to see you. Man, it was a lot of fun, man. It's a lot of fun being out here with you guys, being able to, like, see you all face-to-face and come to practice and do everything. I feel like I need to do it more. I need to come down more and kind of hang out. Good real estate in Jacksonville these we're, days. We're, uh, we live here, Bucky. We're always here. Yeah. <laughs> Anytime you get That's down. Right. <laughs> come on over. All right. Swing in. Yes, we can do that. We can do that. We can do that. As long as you make sure you take care of me with those concert tickets, because I hear you're always reading stuff. Well, that's Baselli. Baselli has the couch you know, access. You know, I, like I, I think you, you know. can, you I can figure that. Oh, he does. Okay. He doesn't really dole it out too much. Yeah. Oh, he needs a couch. 
<laughs> That's John Osher. Bucky Brooks. I'm J.P. Shadrick. Our thanks to Joe Fortunato. And thanks to you for listening to the Huddle Up Podcast.